artist can talk to the people with their hearts. And it is when you move people with their hearts, not necessarily when you move them intellectually, that they will rise up and they will unite and they will fight towards something that they believe in. And that is the power of artists. Hey everyone, I'm Sandy Santana, Executive Director at Children's Rights. I had the privilege of speaking with Paola Mendoza, a film director, activist, and author. Paola also co-founded and served as Artistic Director of the Women's March. We talked about the inhumane policy of separating immigrant children from their parents and how we can use the power of art to create change. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi Paola, this is Sandy Santana at Children's Rights. How are you? Hi Sandy, I'm good. How are you? Good. You don't know me. I know you through um, your film, Entre Nos, which I thought was great, and I had my kids watch with me. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. That makes me super happy that your children watched. Absolutely. So just um, before we get into the questions by way of, of background, um, just a quick little bit about CR. Uh, we're a national advocacy and legal action organization, and we're focused on holding uh, governments accountable for keeping kids safe and healthy. Um, we do that in child welfare systems, juvenile justice system, but we also do some immigration work. Um, we've been representing unaccompanied minors uh, from Long Island for a number of years, and we just recently were the lead uh, friend of the court organization, and we filed a brief in support of the ACLU's efforts to stop the practice of separating kids from parents at the border. Obviously, this is a, an issue very, very dear to my heart. Um, I'm an immigrant myself. I was born in Dominican Republic, um, came at the age of five. My parents are immigrants from the Dominican Republic. That's so something that I really, really care about. Well, thank you for all of that critical work that you're doing because, as we all know, sadly, it's desperately needed right now. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to launch into the interview. Great. So, Paola, how did you get involved with this issue? Um, well, I'm an immigrant myself, and I came to this country when I was three years old um, with my mom and my brother. And I, soon after our arrival, my father told my mom that he was going to work, and then he never came home. And so that led us down a path of um, great struggle, but also um, struggle that was ultimately filled with a tremendous amount of hope uh, because my mom did what so many mothers did before her, immigrant moms in particular, which is she made, she forged a path when there was no path to even be seen. And she she put her dreams aside and put the dreams of her children at the center of her life. And because of her sacrifices and her struggles, I was able to go to college. I was able to get my master's degree. I was able to become a filmmaker, be an artist. And so the stories that I decided to tell were those stories of my mom, the women that my that are like my mother, the unsung heroes of the United States that form the the bedrock of this country, that really are the fabric of of the American dream, but are so often ignored and so often forgotten. Um, so my work as an artist and as a filmmaker has has spanned in the immigration space for the past eight to nine years. Um, and since Donald Trump's election to president, my work has become even more critical in the sense that immigrants, specifically undocumented immigrants, are facing such a horrible reality at the moment. I was one of the co-founders and the artistic directors of the Women's March, um, and that really was the perfect intersection for my work as an artist and my work as an activist. And so for the past year and a half, 
I've been focusing specifically on that intersection where art and politics collide, which leads me to where we are today currently with my latest project, I Am a Child, um, which is trying to shine a light on the horrifying reality of immigrant children that are crossing the border and then being separated from their parents at the border, forcibly separated, um, and trying to let the American people know that this is what's happening in their name and under their watch. And mm -hmm. if they remain silent, they are indeed complicit in the separating of, at this point, thousands of children from their parents. And, and why did you choose um, I Am a Man to convey that message? What was it about that piece that that spoke to you and, and speak and might speak to others on this issue? Yeah, so for the past year and a half since my work at the Women's March began, I've really been looking to history to try and give some sort of guidance for my individual work as well as the movement work that I'm a part of um, because, as we know, history repeats itself and the civil rights movement in particular was so successful in obviously making change but also the civil rights movement was very successful at telling stories, telling stories that had a cultural and narrative shift. And I believe that when we are able to have a culture shift, it then leads to a narrative shift. And while that, sh that, that, that shift takes longer to accomplish, it is actually long-lasting change because you are changing the way people see individuals. And so with that, with that study of the civil rights movement, obviously the I Am A Man photograph, um, is a very important moment in time in the civil rights movement. It's Dr. Martin Luther King's um, last movement moment that he was a part of. He was assassinated while he was um, in Memphis for the sanitation worker strike. Um, and that photograph speaks to what he and what the sanitation workers were trying to do, which was to humanize black men, um, make the country see their humanity because they had been, they had been dehumanized for so long in the hopes of when we would see their humanity, we would then give them um, fair working conditions and we would, we would treat them with dignity. Um, we would treat them with justice. And so that concept and that idea was the same, is the same that we currently find ourselves in 50 years later, which is the ironic and sad part of this, that we are exactly 50 years later from when that picture was taken, and instead of talking about men, what, we're, what I'm trying to do in that, with this photograph in this moment is to humanize children, is to say that these children, no matter where they were born, no matter what borders they crossed, they are still children. They are still three years old. They are still 18 months old. They are still 10 years old, and because they are still children, their human rights is to remain with their parents. Mm -hmm. And and I'm hoping that this picture does what I believe art is supposed to do, which is supposed to tap into the heart, in this case of Americans, and expand the heart and open the heart and say, these are your fellow human beings who inhabit this planet with you. Um, and we need to treat them the way that we would want our children to be treated if they were fleeing violent countries that are filled with war and and fear and death. Mm -hmm. Given how how barbaric it is to rip kids away from their parents, why do you think this isn't being seen as a human rights or civil rights issue right now? 
because this country is so divided and so brainwashed. You know, my timeline on social media is filled with one or two things. I tend to only speak about, for the most part, immigration on my social media, and it's either filled with a tremendous amount of support of people being horrified um, by what's going on and what has happened, not just within this past month, but what's been happening for the past two years since Donald Trump has been, in pres- as has been president. Um, and so, or it's filled with the opposite of that, which is people, women, older women, older men, younger men, all kinds of different races basically saying that they, the people have um, broken a law and that they deserve to pay for their law, pay for breaking the law, regardless of their stories, any sort of circumstances. They, they, there's, like, there's literally no compassion in their heart. I don't think that those people are bad people. I think they're utterly confused. I think they're, they're lost. And I think that the, the, the leader of this country, the president of this country, is very good at um, gaslighting people to believe that it is the immigrants, it is the undocumented immigrants that are making their lives difficult. Um, and so the people that are lacking in this country, for the most part, want someone to blame, and they're blaming undocumented immigrants. I think it's a lack of exposure. I think it's a lack of understanding. I think it's a lack of contact with people. I've been to the border twice. I've been to McAllen, Texas twice. Once in 2014 when the crisis of unaccompanied minors was happening and once in 2016. And I sat and talked with families and people that were crossing the borders for days. And I challenge anyone to sit in front of a mother who has fled El Salvador, Guatemala, or Honduras, and to hear her tell you the story that the reason that she fled with her 8-year-old son is because her 17-year-old son was skinned alive in front of her. Mm. And because they did that to her older son, she took her son and ran that very night. I can't imagine someone sitting and hearing that story and not having their heart find a a little bit of compassion for them and say, you know what? Let's see how we can help you here. Because in reality, the reason why those countries are so war-torn at the moment is because of our policies. Mm-hmm. And so we bear responsibility for that. I think you, you alluded to this, and obviously um, artists played a, a major role in the civil rights movement. What role do you think artists can play in our current political climate? I think artists have a critical role to play in the political climate that we find ourselves in. Um, there is a reason why authoritarians and despots and dictators, the first thing that they do when they get into power is they kill and silence the artist. And the reason, and this has happened time and time again in history, and the reason that they do this is because they know that artists can talk to the people in ways that politicians cannot, in ways that lawyers cannot, in ways that laws cannot. Artists can talk to the people with their hearts. And it is when you move people with their hearts, not necessarily when you move them intellectually, that they will rise up and they will unite and they will fight towards something that they believe in. And that is the power of artists. And so my question and my challenge to artists in this moment in time is, what is the art that you are making? What is the point? Is the point of art to simply be a mirror to reflect what's happening in society? Or, I like to believe, 
that art is actually a hammer with which to shape the society. And so if that is the case, then artists get to work. Do the work that needs to be done because your voices, your voices can change the trajectory of this country. And I talk to artists about this all the time, how their voice, when the truth is being attacked, when the truth rarely exists, when we have this concept, this fallacy of alternative facts, it is the artist's job to be truthful, to simply shine the light on truth, and that is a revolutionary act. And artists can do that in ways that can move the masses. We talked a little bit about the, the lack of compassion, and, and for me, one of the things that astonishes me is somewhat moderate Republicans who've been co-opted and aren't speaking out on this issue, mm-hmm. uh, and, and others, too, who are well-meaning on other issues, but for some reason don't speak out on, on this issue or don't have the compassion for, for immigrants. Um, obviously, the, the Women's March was a seminal but historic moment. What can we do now to create a moment of intense public pressure that really forces the administration to end this practice? There, you know, that is a question that I'm asking myself every day. Um, what can I do? What can we do in order to, to, to end this practice, in order to humanize immigrants? Um, we have, in the past three years since Donald Trump um, announced his presidency, have moved so far to the right in the ways in which we uh, understand and see immigrants in general in this country. The policies in this country um, have consistently continued to hurt immigrants. Um, We know that Donald Trump won the presidency on the backs of hating immigrants, on demonizing immigrants. Um, So what we can do in order to to make sure that immigrants are protected and and also the other most vulnerable communities in this country, first and foremost, is obviously to vote in the midterm elections. And then secondly, it is to engage. It is to read. Um, It is not to turn a blind eye to the horrible news that is happening every day. That's the easy thing to do. But the difficult thing to do is to read those stories and to be horrified and then to move into action. And how we move into action is up to each individual. I always like to remind people that the Women's March um, was arguably one of the, the biggest protests in the history of the entire world. Um, the idea of this Women's March was uh, created by a woman named Teresa Shook, and she was so outraged with the election of Donald Trump, she lived in Hawaii, that she went on Facebook and she created a Facebook invite, and she said that she was marching on Washington on January 21st, and she put it up on her Facebook, and then she went to bed. When she woke up the next morning, there was over 10,000 women and men that had said that they were going to attend to the march. This was an idea that was born at a moment of desperation, and she refused to to not follow through on her idea. And because she did that, the world literally changed on January 21st. The the, the resistance was born on January 21st. And this, these past two years of, of civic engagement, um, like we haven't seen since the 60s, was born because a woman had an idea and she followed through on her idea. And so I say that to each individual that is out there, if you have an idea, no matter how small or powerful that idea could be, 
go forward and do it and be bold. Now is the time to be bold, to be courageous, because as we know, courage is contagious. And when you are courageous, that is the way in which we will move forward and movements will continue to be created. The students in Parkland are incredibly courageous. They took a tragedy and they were able to make it into this political movement that is now going beyond gun reform and it's now going into voter engagement um, and, and really doing a, a cultural change for young people with how they view and engage in politics. So one never knows what's, what's going to happen how how your ideas and your and your actions are going to be interpreted in the world and so you just have to go forward and you have to do it and no one knows the answer even the experts that have been doing this for a very long time they have no answers into how how to resolve the problems that we find ourselves in so if no one has the answer then anyone can have the answer well you have me ready to march i'll tell you that <laughs> uh, so final question, I think it's related to, to your last answer and your reference to Parkland, but um, where do we find hope? Where's the hope? The question that I'm often asked, which is related to this, is how does how do I continue to do the work that I'm doing in all of this darkness, right? What is the thing that gives me hope? And what I've come to realize is the thing that gives me hope ultimately at the end of the day is the concept and the true idea of love. In my darkest of moments, and there have been dark moments in the past two years, the thing that got me out of bed, literally, quite literally out of bed, was love. And it was love for my undocumented community, love for the idea of democracy, love for freedom, love for my neighbor, love for my family, love for my son. And, and, and love becomes an active verb, and love becomes the, the, the true reason um, that I and we are doing the work. So where I find hope is love. When these kids from Parkland stand up to people that are literally threatening their lives because they have an idea on policy. It is their love. It is the love for their community. It is the love for their friends that died. It is the love for the ability to vote that gets them motivated and continues for them to do the work. And that gives me hope. Um, you know, when we put out a call to, to parents in New York City to come to 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 a park on a Saturday morning to take a picture with a sign that said, I am a child because we believed in the concept that the children wanted to stay with their parents and should stay with their parents. When 40 parents, most of whom I didn't even know, showed up at a park, that gave me hope because they loved not only their child, but they loved, they loved the, the, the concept and the idea of children um, and that no, that there, nothing, the, the concept of other people's children don't exist. And so that is a thing that gives me hope. Well, listen, your articulate voice is more important than ever. I'm so privileged to have had the opportunity to hear from you and hear your passion for this issue. It inspires me in my work, for sure. And I'll end with this. I don't know if you've ever talked about running for, for public office, but my God, I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would love to follow you. <laughs> well, Sammy, you're very kind, but no, I'm going to stick with being the artist um, and doing the work from the outside, but yeah. honestly, the work that you are doing is incredible, and your organizational work is inspiring, and if I can ever be of service to you, 
and what the work that you all are doing, please let me know because I would be honored to be able to do so. That was Paola Mendoza. Check out her work and follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can learn more about children's rights at www.childrensrights.org. Until next time.